0: So this is our last session on EHS. So here, you've done it. You've made it. Now the question is, did you grow? Did you heal? Did you come away with a plan? Did this touch your heart? Did it stretch you? Is there areas that made you uh, look back in your life and go, man, I really still got to work through that? And here's the amazing thing about our loving God. He may have pointed one thing out, and as you've walked through this, you're going to continue to work on it. And then once you work on it, you'll look back and you'll go, oh, there's something more. And it's not because he beats us up, it's because he constantly works in our lives and works in our hearts. This morning, we're going to look at the last session. And Peter says that this way we're going to talk about a rule for life a rule for life. And and Peter does such a good job in his book and in the video, and he talks about how the moment we hear the word rule, most of us don't like it. Is there anybody else in the room that, like, as soon as somebody tells you, hey, you have to do this, your immediate response inside, you might not verbalize it, but inside you're like, no. Right? Is there anybody, like, if we're honest, hey, you have to do this. No. Right? Like, it's like, if we're honest, like, let's There's like the toddler in us that immediately when it's like, you need to do this. No. Right? I don't know about you, but there's a part of me like that. There's more staff members um, on staff here that are probably like that than we'd all like to admit. But it's this part of us in our own like flesh that the moment somebody puts out a rule, we're kind of... I'm the type of guy, I'm going to be transparent, I'm the type of guy that every year when I play softball, um, and I played in a church league for a long time, every year just before the season started, I would open up the the rule book and I would read through every rule. And it's not because I was a stickler for rules. I was trying to find the (laughs) loopholes. And so there are certain rules that I picked up on that I'm like, oh, if they don't change this, I know a way to score because it's like if I run slow pitch, so you have a commitment line. Once you run past it, you have to go home and you have to pass this other line. You don't even touch the plate. But in between that commitment line and the home plate line, the catcher wasn't allowed to tag you. He had to run back and touch the plate. And I'm like, do you know how many times I'm going to score right there because the catcher's going to tag me and think he has me out. The umpire might even call me out, but I'll be like, you need to check the rule book. (laughs) Yes, this is who I am. And so I am a stickler for rules. I am also, Melissa will tell you very quickly, that if we're playing a board game, I am the one who reads the rules to make sure I know what the rules are and to make sure that all of us follow them. I know I appear like the guy who goes against all the rules, but I'm actually kind of a stickler for them, almost to a fault probably. Um, But this is who I am. But even still, when I hear a rule, there's a part of me that I just don't like them when it comes to life. And immediately, if you grew up in the church... When we hear rules, we automatically think of legalism. Legalism and and rules that people have made up that are just not good. But here is the thing about rules. A lot of rules are actually good. A lot of rules. See, that that one was obviously going to make the room very quiet. A lot of rules are actually good for us. They keep us healthy. They keep us safe. They keep us in the right path with God. We may not like them all, but they're actually there to protect us and guide us. And so this morning, before we get into all of this stuff, I want to actually kind of do a recap of what we've learned through this series. Because maybe you're already this far in, you're eight weeks in, you're kind of like, I forget what we learned. And I know I've talked to a couple people and they're like, well, I don't feel like, okay, we walked through this like week by week, but I don't know if I actually got through this part. When we go through a series, we don't ever expect that this Sunday, the last Sunday, you've conquered it, you've mastered it, and you're ready to go. That's not what we think. That's not even, our goal is that you have the, uh, you've been equipped to walk through these things in life. Because like I said, you're gonna, as you walk through this, if you already feel like, well, Chad, I don't even know if I've made it through the wall yet, that was like week four and we're on week eight. Do I even graduate? Yes. Because here's the amazing thing we already talked about, like the moment you get through the wall, the moment you start to grow and the moment you put into your life, a rule for life, a rule of life, all of a sudden God's going to say, oh look, here's something else we need to work on. And the whole idea is now you're equipped to walk it through and you don't, come to a wall and just sit down and go, I don't know what to do. And you don't stay there for the rest of your life. And so the first thing that we talked about, the first session that we really talked about was that we identified the fact that we can be a believer for many years, yet remain emotionally immature. We talked about the symptoms of unhealthy spirituality. I don't know about you, but this was an eye-opener. And, and many of us, we probably read this and went, oh, I know a person like this. And then the farther we got through it, we kind of maybe went, oh, maybe there's an area in my life that I'm like this. Because I don't know about you, it's so much easier for me to tell you where Melissa's shortcomings are than tell you where mine are. We could do that. Are You, got, you want to? just teasing I wouldn't do that I'm just messing around everybody's you're not in the room everybody's looking over at Melissa just watching to see what her response is I'm not even looking she knows that I'm wiser than that I know it doesn't seem that way but I am but on a side note actually talking about staff you'll see that we are doing uh, we're coming along simple dreams We're doing a fundraiser for Hamlet Public School in our community. They're raising funds for uh, school ground equipment for their play uh, area. And so we're coming alongside them. They're doing a $2 giveaway. And what it is, we're asking everybody to give $2. And if we get enough people giving $2, then we can bless our community and do incredible things. Now, as you come in the door, you might have seen on the counter, there's pictures of staff members. So here is the way we're kind of adding our own little twist to it. Whichever staff member collects the most money, um, if you've watched Bethel Kids at all, or you've watched Dude Perfect, uh, we're going to spin the wheel of unfortunate things. And then they have to do whatever it lands on. So, I would love to see any other staff member than myself win this. And for the record, I don't think I'm winning out there. I kind of checked before I came in. And I just want to share that Pastor Melissa is winning at the moment, I believe. So let's just keep that train of moving. But no, let's help our community, bless our community. And it's just a fun way to add our own little twist on it. And just uh, let's give and show Hamlet Public School just how much we care and how much we love. And we're going to help them with some equipment. So we learned that we are, not all of us are spiritually mature or we can be, think we're spiritually mature, but we're still emotionally immature. And if you went online and did the assessment before you did this, you would have found out where you rank. Are you a toddler? Are you an adolescent? Are you an adult? Where are you on the emotionally healthy spirituality? And we talked about the 10 different symptoms of unhealthy spirituality, which are these right here. Using God to run from God. Ignoring anger, sadness, and fear. As Christians, we shouldn't feel this way but that's not true. Dying to the wrong things, fighting uh, our battles for not anything that God's called us to. Denying the impact of of the past on our present. We can't deny that the past, our choices, the things that have happened to us, we can't deny that they affect us. And then dividing, this is a big one, dividing life into secular and sacred compartments. So this doesn't really have to do with church, so it doesn't really matter. No, we live holy lives wherever we go. Doing for God instead of being with God. Spiritualizing away conflict. Covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure. Living without limits. Judging others' spiritual journey. So how do we change this? How This was the beginning of opening our eyes to the things that we do, the things that we struggle with, the things that we walk through or that we carry with us. So how do we change this? Well, the second thing that we learned was we needed to know ourselves that we may know God. We had to figure out what made us tick, what was going on in our lives, and the temptations of false self. Where do you find your identity? And we talked about the false identity of what I I am what I do. It's performance-based. Let me perform well, and then this is who I am. I am what I have. Let me get more possessions so I look better. I am what others think. My identity is in what you think and how, what you, uh, if your approval. Popularity. And then we are given four practical truths to begin the transition of living a faithful life towards Christ. We need to pay attention to our interior silence and solitude. See, it's okay to share our true emotions with God. It's okay to sit down with God and tell him you're disappointed. It's okay to tell God that you're angry, that you're sad. Make sure you tell him when you're happy. Give him praise and thanks. But he is okay with your emotions. He has given them to you. We need to find trusted companions. We can't walk through trying to get healthy, and even our Christian walk. We can't do this on our own. We were never called to do this on our own. And so we need to have good believers around us that we can walk through life with one another, hold each other accountable. We need to move out of our comfort zone. To bring change, you need to do something different in your life. If you want change, don't keep doing what you're doing. I know this makes sense. I know that when I say it, everybody goes, well, of course. But how many of us don't change? How many of us have had friends tell us, hey, have you ever tried this? No. You should try it. No. Well, I thought you wanted to bring change. Yeah. So you're going to change? No. It's just going to happen. I'm going to pray some more. Prayer works, but God's also going to give you strategies and tell you what to do to change. Remember when Jesus healed people, he would say to them, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. They had a responsibility. He didn't say, hey, your sins are forgiven, go keep doing what you were doing. We need to bring change into our life, into our work, into our relationships, our marriage, our parenting, our life with God. We need to pray for courage. This is a simple one. Pray and ask God every day throughout the day, Lord, give me courage to change. Give me courage to do what you're asking me to do. The third thing we learned is we need to go back in order to go forward. For some of us, this was a new idea. The realization that our past actually influences us today. And it doesn't even have to be a traumatic thing. It can just be learnt from our parents. It can be passed down through experiences. For some of us, this isn't new. For some of us, this is. But in both groups, we need to realize that we need to continue to heal from our past so that we can grow with our future. If there's certain areas of your life that need to change, ask the Lord, God, you know, I'm, I don't want to get angry. I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to be jealous. I want to be excited when other people get blessed. Ask him where this comes from and let him walk you through it. There are different ways to go to another level on this. this to me, this um, emotionally healthy spirituality, this scratches the surface of our past influencing us. And so there's different ministries, there's different ways to go deeper in this. One of the things that as a church that we support and we're involved in is a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. And they meet throughout the week and they walk through studies and they go through a workbook and they they journey together to bring healing into people's lives, to deal with addictions and anger and, and different things that hold us back. If this is something you want more information about, contact the church office and we will direct you into this. We've run cleansing streams in the past and we will do it again in the future. And it's just different areas that we can grow and bring healing into our lives. But we need to work through our past and to heal from it to help us today and in our future. The fourth thing was we had to journey through the wall. These are the hard times, the dark times. These are the times where we've seen other people walk away from their faith Or maybe you have and now you're back. It's the dark times where we struggle. And we need to work through these. Or the hard part is we will stay at the wall and we will not move forward. And if you're stuck there, you will get bitter. You'll get angry. And we begin to tell our stories and events over and over again. And not from a testimony point of view, but from hurt Only by working through them do we get to forgiveness and giving forgiveness. We can't stop at the wall and sit there. If you feel right now that even going through this, you feel like you're still stuck at the wall, go back to one of the first things it said. You need to find a companion. You need to find people. Maybe you're in a small group and you're like, Chad, I feel like everybody else advanced, but I'm still stuck at this wall. Reach out to people in your small group and ask them to walk with you. And if people reach out to you to help them walk through the wall, walk with them, but hold them accountable, draw them in, pray for one another, and let's grow through this together. Because you don't do it alone. And once we are through the wall, we have a better faith in God. We have a better understanding of who He is, We have a better, we trust him when we don't see what's going on, and we have a new ability to wait on him. Once you've made it through the wall, you've actually come to a point where you're okay with not knowing because you have a deeper understanding of God and you know that he knows. And sometimes that's just enough to know. And we have to be comfortable in that. The fifth thing is we've enlarged our soul through grief and loss. And this is where Jerry Tawn talked about. us it. about mental health. And we live through hard, difficult times. When we live through them, we begin to understand our limits and where we need Jesus' strength to help us and to help each other and walk with each other and check in on each other. Number six, we discover the rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath. We understand the importance of slowing down. Many of us, Run a life that is so busy that when we ask, hey, are you spending time on a regular basis with Jesus? A lot of people say, well, I just have a hard time finding time. We need to slow down. Spend time with him daily. Not running. It's not healthy for us. Running's healthy, but not running wild. Not just a weekly rest with God, but a daily rest. And we talked about it many times, but practicing star where we stop and we take a breath and we appreciate God. And then if he asks us to do something, we respond. And then last week, we talked about growing into an emotionally mature adult. This is where we learn to love well. This is where we love the ones who have hurt us. We bless those who have hurt us. We forgive those who hurt us. And when they are blessed, we celebrate. We're happy for them. Before we get into the final one, creating, developing a rule of life, I've actually asked Pastor Charles if he will just come and share for a few moments on what he is, believes that we've grown through as a church with uh, small groups and everything. And so he's just going to come
1: and share for a few moments as well. Pastor Charles. Uh, Pastor Chad, uh, the first thing I want to do is I just want to say a special thanks uh, to, to everyone that's uh, been involved. For the, uh, about, about the last eight weeks, uh, on, a, on a regular basis, I have been meeting with approximately 80 to 90 people from our church who have been going through uh, EHS. And we've just had a wonderful time together, and we've been able to talk. We've been able to—we've uh, experienced uh, growth how uh, uh, we've been able to debrief, we've shared some of the uh, the, the deep issues of that EHS uh, produced uh, or our rose to the surface. Uh, I had people come up to me and they said, you know, this course has allowed me to talk about things that I've never been able to talk about. There, there are some things that we carry throughout life Uh, that are deep and and we hold them under and uh, and for the longest time the church has not given us permission to talk about them and so this this course really was helpful in that in in doing that so not only did I have the opportunity to meet with uh, 80 to 90 people on a regular basis throughout the week I had about 20 and when you start factoring in uh, their spouses as well I had about 30 Thirty leaders that we were meeting with as 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 this uh, uh, series unfolded. So uh, things are happening uh, uh, in our church, and and so my, my takeaway uh, uh, on this EHS series that we've been part of. I think we all need to step back. I think we need to realize what God has been saying to us through the last year, and and you're watching because of our leadership. And I once again, I, I am so thankful for the leadership that we have in our church. And uh, I, I, man, kudos. uh, I, I, man, applaud uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Melissa for the way that they've led our church. Uh, Man, we've had a lot of things thrown at us, and we've had rogue waves and so forth, and yet uh, our leadership has been able to say, this is how we're going to respond. And so when you look at EHS, you can't look at it just by itself. You need to look at some of the other things that have been going, uh, happening in our church, the online services, um, uh, the, the if you have watched the table talks, uh, throughout the week, uh, uh with the special, uh, events for ladies, uh, throughout the month, uh, events for men, uh, online things for our children, online things for, for youth. And now recently, as, as we've been encouraging you to come back to church, we've said, don't just come back to church to take in. We've asked you to come back to church to be a responder, to be one that is not a consumer, but one that is going to contribute to what God is doing. Because here's the thing: I believe in everything that we're experiencing, and certainly EHS is helping us. This is preparation for the return of the Lord. I I really believe that part of this, and one of the areas that I have really uh, experienced growth in, uh, is is in my uh, times with the Lord. Uh, I am an early morning person, as Pastor Chad has alluded to, uh, and I, I've tried to package all my devotional time, my quiet time, praying time, all those things. I try to package it in the morning. But I have found, and it's been something that has been reawakened in my life, that I can't just relegate God to my morning time. Um, I, I need to relegate God. i got to loosen that, that up. And i found, as a result of... I'll uh, Listen to the, uh, the teaching of EHS. It has encouraged us not only just to have a time with our Lord in the morning, but also sometime in the noon, sometime at night. I believe, I believe that God is raising up a generation of Daniels. And the Bible tells us about Daniel. And Daniel, you've got to remember, he was in captivity. He was taken away as a prisoner from his homeland. While Daniel was in captivity, he practiced praying to the Lord at least three times, three times a day, and it was something that, that kept him in tune uh, uh, with, with God, and, and as a result, and man, it got him through the lion's den, it got him through those times of challenge, and, and God raised him up as, as a, a person of, of, of influence, uh, so I, I believe this with all my heart, that uh, EHS, uh, is, is helping us to address being compartmentalized Christians. You know, the kind of thing we only give Jesus this on Sunday morning. Maybe a small group. Maybe, maybe a devotional or something like that. But Jesus doesn't want us to be compartmentalized. Jesus wants us to be in tune. Jesus wants us watching and waiting. I, I couldn't help but think about Matthew 25. And Matthew 25 talks about there were five uh, uh, wise virgins. There were five foolish and, and you look it up on your own, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but the bottom line was that when, when the bridegroom came, there were five that were ready because they were watching and they were waiting they were prepared for that moment. And I believe that's what Jesus is doing by his Holy Spirit in the church, is he's raising up a people that he wants to be ready, that you're, that you're watching and you're looking for, Him. not just in the morning, not just on Sunday morning, but it's something that we are showing that we are prepared for his coming. Um, uh, Paul said to the uh, Thessalonian church, uh, and um, uh, he said this to the church. Uh, it was over in the fifth uh, chapter, in the f- fourth verse. He said, "You know, when it comes to the the return of the Lord, you are not going to be surprised. You are not. It's not going to catch you off guard because you are prepared and you are looking for it. Look, uh, uh, re- read it on your own. First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter five. In verse 4, and you'll, you'll hear, uh, you'll know exactly uh, what what I'm saying. And maybe I'll just close with this illustration, and then I'll turn back to Pastor Chad. Uh, 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 the illustration I, I shared on our last night with the uh, uh, EHS fam uh, that we got to know uh, for the last two months is I said, suppose that I received an, a phone call from Dan Matheson, our city mayor, and he said, listen, I've just heard from the 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 uh, uh london i've heard that the queen elizabeth she is coming to strafford and she wants to just visit ordinary people and we couldn't help think of anybody else but you you're ordinary and, and so so uh we have arranged for the queen to come and visit you at your home now can you imagine the reaction that i would get when i tell grace that the queen is coming to my home And and, and to make make it even more uh, uh, intense, uh, she said, well, when is is the queen coming? Uh, And and what day and what time? I said, I don't know. Uh, uh, All they said is that she's coming and you just got to be ready. And do you know what Grace would have me do? She would have me clean every part of that house. (laughs) She would start down in the basement. I'd have to clean out the basement. I'd have to get underneath the fridge with a knife and get any of those pennies and so forth that have gone underneath the fridge. I'd have to get everything, just spick and span. And I'd have to do it every day because she would want us ready for the queen's uh, arrival. Uh, and, and I can't help but feel that is what the Lord is doing by his Holy Spirit, saying, I want a church that's ready. I want a church that's looking. I want a church that that is they're up their ante because I hope that you understand that this is a different day. We We have been ushered into to a new time frame, so that we will be the church, that we will be a mature church, that we will know how to walk through those dark moments, that we will know how to just you know, respond to uh, one another uh, in love, and that people, they will look at us, and they will see that we are different, and that there is a peace that passes our understanding, that we are a people that love with, uh, without reservation. And so I would just encourage each and every one of you today that as as you uh, respond to this message and, and you think about what EHS means to us and to you, whether you took the course or not, it really doesn't matter. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to this church, and I think we are in the best uh, point and position, and I think our leadership has got it right, and I think we need to listen to them. I think we need to pray for them. I think we need to obey them and do everything we can so that we will be the church, and so that when Jesus comes back, we're ready. Amen? Amen. Amen. Such
0: great things to learn from this series and just believing for great things. And I just, I'm amazed at the turnout, your participation in this. And I hope that you've grown through it. So, the rule of life here, Peter, as he's writing this book, he draws attention to an important fact that, yes, Our past affects us, and we need to work through the hurts that we have gone through in our lives. But I love the fact that in this chapter, in this teaching, he starts to talk about the enemy that we fight. Because it's not just our past, right? We don't just deal with our past. There's an enemy who's out there fighting against us. And Jesus actually warns us against this enemy in John 10.10. And he says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You. That's why the enemy's here. This is why we do studies like this. Because there's actually an enemy. As we're waiting for Jesus to come back, there is actually an enemy looking to destroy you. Destroy your marriage. Destroy your family. Destroy your relationships. He's coming after you. We don't say that to scare you. We shouldn't be scared, but we do need to be aware. We need to be aware of the attack that's coming at us. Peter, he writes in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I've watched enough of the National Geographic Channel and Discovery Channel to realize what happens to the animal who isn't with the pack. Who says, I can do this on my own. If you watch, it's the one that the lion goes after. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be in small groups. We're supposed to talk to one another, connect with each other to strengthen each other. So if this is coming at us, don't we need to prepare for it? I love the illustration. If the queen was coming to your house, Melissa and I are in the process of of looking to buy a house. We're not moving out of Stratford, but we're looking to sell our home. And the amount of work that we're going through, just get it ready. It makes me immediately think, if the queen was coming, what would we have to do? Do you know that your king is coming? And how many of us are treating it like a normal friend is coming and going, no, no, that's okay. They won't mind. Just leave that sock there. How many of us need a fresh reminder that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, is coming back for us? And do you know that the scriptures tell us that he's coming back for a spotless bride? We're to live holy because he is holy. This is what we're called to do. Jesus continues in John ten ten. I only read half the verse. The second half says that I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. We love this part of the verse. We quote this part of the verse. He has come to give us victory, so it's through him So if Jesus came to die for us so that we can be free from our old selves and we can have a life in the fullest, shouldn't we try to get as close to him as possible? Shouldn't we do everything we can to get close to him, to get holy, to get righteous? So what do I need to do? I need to spend time with him daily to get close to him. I need to do things daily with him. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray, not just at mealtime. What if you tried to schedule, and we talked about this before, and I'm hoping that some of you don't walk out of here and go, that was great. Where are we going to eat? I hope you walk out as we talked about before. What if, what if you programmed in your phone three times a day that a phone is going to go off and remind you to pray? Some of us get upset because we see other religions having their freedoms and their rights and they get to do this. Well, they get to do it because they do it. We can't complain. Well, we don't have, why why do they get this and we don't? Well, would you actually use it? Well, I don't know. Set time in your phone. Set it that you will pray. Read your Bible. Worship the Lord and spend time listening to his voice. We challenged people where we started EHS to start fasting through this whole thing. And many people signed up online and informed us, you know, they were fasting. Some of them uh, took the step to tell us what they're fasting for. And I've been praying for everybody. Are you fasting We've talked a lot about this in the past little while, but where do you want to see yourself in the next six months spiritually? Where do you want to see your health, your strength spiritually in the next six months? Because here's the thing, from even the word that was shared this morning, there has been a constant message from God to us since we have returned meeting together. I feel like God is trying to get across to all of us. Will you give him your whole life? Not Sunday mornings, every morning, every moment, every aspect, every area of your life. He wants in every area, everything. We are being called so clearly from God to live a holy life. Not what you can get away with. Not reading the Bible to find a loophole. Well, this is kind of a gray area. I'll tell you what, if it's gray, I would avoid it. Why? Because if the queen was coming, or if you were trying to sell your house, if there was something that looked just a little bit dirty, you would clean it. Because you would want the best response. So why do that? For an earthly thing, but not for a heavenly thing. We're called to live a holy life. No more halfway. No more lukewarm. The Bible tells me that if I'm lukewarm, Jesus will spit me out of his mouth. I know this is a little heavy. We don't like messages like this. We want to leave encouraged. But I encourage you to live holy so you're close to Jesus. So when he returns, you're ready. That's what's important. No more lukewarm. I don't want him to spit me out of his mouth. So how do you want to grow in your walk with God? Have you even thought about it? Have you set a goal? God, I want to I want to hear your voice. I want to I want to pray 3 times a day with you. How do you want to be more emotionally healthy? So where do you start today? Make a decision. Decide that you will read your Bible daily. Schedule prayer times in your phone. Worship more often. Journal daily. Practice listening to his voice. Walk with other people. Practice regular weekly and daily Fasting to get closer to the Lord. What are you going to start today as a rule of life to move you closer to God? A rule of life is something you decide you're going to do daily. Daniel decided he's going to live differently. What are you adding to your life today so you will see change six months from now? And once you've added it, then what are you going to add again? And what are you going to add again to get closer to Jesus? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you help us to be spiritually and emotionally healthy. Help us to work through our past to see where you have been and where you are and where you're calling us to be. Help us to find our identity in you that, Lord, we can live a holy life set apart for you. Help us to rest in you, not just weekly, but daily. Help us to find that sweet time with you. Help us to love those who are hard to love. Help us to bless them that have cursed us and hurt us. And Lord, give us the discipline that we need to be set apart and to live closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're online and you need some prayer this morning, there's going to be some people online wanting to pray with you. And so you can just go to our webpage, click on the link, and there's going to be people there waiting to pray with you. If you're in the room and you're like, Chad, I just need some prayer before I leave. What I want you to do is just stay in your seat. Everyone else is going to be dismissed and just wave at myself or another pastor or some of the prayer team is here and we're going to just come over. We'll stay distance, and we're going to pray with you this morning. And so if you need prayer, stay where you are. If you need prayer online, please go to our website. And we'll see you next week. God bless you. Actually, we hope to see you on Good Friday. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.